everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. This is Emily. This is Rachel. And this is a mini-sode all about K-food. <laughs> K-food. So the origin of this is I saw a tweet, I think from Variety or, or some other major media outlet, and it was talking about Korean wave culture in relation to Squid Game, and they're like, people are going crazy for K-pop, K-dramas, and K-food. I'm like, K-food? Who the <laughs> fuck calls it that? <laughs> that sounded so weird to me. I was like, can't you just call it, like, Korean food? Or just food? In general. Yeah. I mean, like, the idea of putting, like, a K or a J or, like, an M in front of things to, like, denote, like, South Korea, Japan, or, like, Mandarin-speaking Chinese folks. Like, I get that, but I've never heard it applied to food before, and I don't think it's necessary. (laughs) It was so weird. Korean food is fucking awesome, amazing. So we're gonna talk about our favorite Korean dishes for this mini-sode because there is an extra week in October. So we thought we'd give you this little taste because we love talking about food. We're very passionate about eating here at Soulmates Podcast. (laughs) Very passionate. So I'm going to kick it off, I think, with something that is probably like the classic Korean dish, bibimbap. I fucking love bibimbap. It's a rice dish with vegetables. And it's served on a bowl of warm white rice, and it's topped with sautéed and seasoned vegetables or kimchi. And the sauce is usually gochujang or soy sauce or a fermented soybean paste or sometimes a combination of those three. A raw or fried egg and sliced meat, usually beef, but it can be other things, are common additions to the vegetables, which are usually pickled and so delicious. It's like so refreshing and then you get the savoriness of the egg and the rice. Ah, so fucking good. So good. I think it looks really aesthetic too. Everything is sectioned out, but you're supposed to put all the sauce on top and then take like your spoon or your chopsticks and just mix it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, a metaphor for life. Sometimes you gotta (laughs) gotta mix things together. I fucking love bibimbap. I like to get mine with tofu instead of like beef or anything like that. So very easily made to be vegetarian and take off the meat and the egg and very easily vegan. I have a fun fact for bibimbap. In 2011, the dish was listed as number 40 on the world's 50 most delicious foods in a reader's poll by CNN Travel. It should be higher in my opinion, but I'll (laughs) allow it. Definitely not hard to believe that it made the list. It's just so, it's such a versatile dish. Yeah. You could make it at home very easily, and it could also be out of this world at a restaurant. Definitely try it if you haven't tried it before. So the next dish we want to talk about is japchae. This is a really good dish as well, and we're going to say that about every single one, so just buckle up. Japchae is a savory and slightly sweet dish of stir-fried glass noodles or sweet potato noodles and vegetables. And it's typically prepared with dongmyeon, which is a type of cellophane noodles, again, made from sweet potato starch. And these noodles are mixed with assorted vegetables, meat, mushrooms, and then seasoned with soy sauce and sesame oil. That sesame oil hits so good. Yeah. Japchae is actually very easy to make also. 
If you go to the Asian store and you get a sweet potato noodle packet, or sometimes they're called like specifically japchae noodles or Korean noodles, they look like clear brown purplish like fettuccine noodles. So that's what you get. And then you can cut up whatever vegetable you have lying around, usually in like a strip-like fashion that matches with the noodles is best. And then whatever protein you want, you could even do tofu in this dish also. That would be delicious. I commonly have tofu in my japchae, so yes. You could do tofu, beef, chicken, fish, whatever you want to put in there. And then you use a seasoning that is soy sauce, sesame oil, and then you want to put some some sort of sugar in there because that's what gives it that like slightly sweet flavoring. Don't go overboard because you don't want it to taste like dessert, <laughs> but it's it's just enough sugar that it like it stirs your appetite. It makes you want to keep eating a little bit more. It's really good. Japchae is now one of the most popular traditional celebration dishes, and it's served on special occasions such as weddings birthdays, especially Dole, which is the first birthday, and Huanggap, the 60th birthday, and holidays. It's also popular at banquets, parties, and potlucks because it's really easy to prepare in bulk and it has a very flexible serving option. You can have it warm, which is always how I have it, but you can also have it at room temperature or even cold from the refrigerator and it can be eaten freshly made or the day after. So it's a really versatile dish. I highly recommend trying it out. I believe Mongchi, who is an older Korean lady on YouTube, has a recipe for japchae, so just follow her recipe and try it. It really do be popping off. Yes. <laughs> that sesame oil makes it so great, hot or cold. The umami is out of this world. Okay, so hot bingsu, or bingsu as it is shortened, it's a shaved ice dessert with sweet toppings, and these could be chopped fruit, condensed milk, uh, some kind of fruit syrup or jelly, and azuki or red bean. And it is so great when it's hot outside because, yes. you know, it is ice. I love it so much because it's sweet and it's filling without being super heavy mm -hmm. or super, super sweet. Mm -hmm. Because you still have the earthiness of a red bean and like ice, you know, can only be as sweet as the sugar you put on it. So... Mm. <laughs> The early forms of bingsu consisted of shaved ice and like two or three ingredients, usually red bean paste, tok, and ground nut powder. And then the earliest forms of this dish actually existed during the Hosen dynasty, 1392 to 1897. Historical. <laughs> Government records show officials sharing crushed ice topped with various fruits. So they knew what was up mm -hmm. back then, and we still know what's up now because it is delicious. I still think about the bingsu we got in Seoul. We thought that they put butter on it. It was not butter. <laughs> it was yellow cake. <laughs> it was cake that looked incredibly like slices of butter. <laughs> <laughs> the next dish that we'll talk about is dakboki, and this is a stir-fried rice cake dish. It can be served with boiled eggs and scallions. Those are kind of the more common ingredients that it's paired with. And it can either be seasoned with spicy gochujang or not spicy ganjang, which is more like a soy sauce based paste. Based paste. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've only had the gochujang version of dokboki and the only dokboki I've prepared myself because I cannot handle very spicy food. So like I severely limited the amount of gochujang I put on my dokboki. So apparently there is this non-spicy version, but I've never seen it and I've never had it. So I'm interested to see what that is because I really do like dokboki, even though it is spicy. <laughs> this dish has only ever lit me the fuck up. So yeah. I would be interested to try the gongjang version. So apparently the spicy variant of dokboki made with the gochujang first appeared in the 1950s. That was when Ma Bok Lim participated in the opening of a Chinese restaurant. She dropped the duck into hot sauce accidentally and ate it and found that it was delicious. She's <laughs> like, that's pretty good. <laughs> After that, she began selling it in Sindong, and it has since become the most common variant of dokboki, which is why when you normally see dokboki, it's the spicy version. It is bright red. Yes, it looks like it'll light you up, and it will. <laughs> so this is another dish that can easily be made vegan. We're about to go apeshit because this is probably my favorite thing. <laughs> so it is the hasdogu, aka Korean rice hot dogs. Hell yeah! <laughs> they are... So delicious. I'm just waiting for them to be the next food trend in America. Yes. Basically, they are corn dogs. They are deep fried corn dogs. They can be made with hot dogs, with rice cakes, like in tteokbokki, uh, fish cakes, mozzarella cheese. You get the idea. These things are coated in a batter. Um, sometimes it's panko. Sometimes it's uh, like rice flour, mm -hmm. but it is deep fried. And then sometimes on the outside, you get potato wedges. It's really fun. <laughs> But then after it's deep fried, it is rolled in sugar and then condiments are placed on top of it. Ketchup, mayo, and mustard are the typical toppings, but you can pretty much do whatever. I've seen cheese, spicy Thai chili sauce on it, like any topping. Delish. If there was one of these where we lived, I would gain 50 pounds in a month. I'd be going there every day. <laughs> It would be a weekly fucking thing. I'd be like, going to get my fucking Korean hot dog. It is indescribably good. Like, I fucking so hate good. corn dogs, okay? This is not a gross-ass corn dog, okay? This is, I think it's like mochi flour or something. It's yes. like a little bit chewy. It doesn't taste like corn. <laughs> and it's so hot when they take it out of the fryer and then they roll it in the sugar. Oh, ah! <laughs> it's so good. The outside of it is so good and crunchy oh, while the goodness. inside is so delicious because i i get mine with mozzarella cheese sometimes with the rice cake and mozzarella so fucking good and soft and chewy i love getting it with the classic ketchup mustard it lays really heavily into the savory plus sweet it does it perfectly. Like my favorite version is the full mozzarella cheese stick. So it's basically like you're eating a giant fucking cheese stick and then you put sugar on the outside and then you finish it off with some mustard for some tang. Like, oh, I'm so hungry thinking about it. <laughs> I know. I'm so mad that we don't have one where we live. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, talk about the last dish that we are promoting. This is like a class of dishes, honestly. So... The last dish class we're going to talk about is jun. And jun is basically a savory pancake. There are many, 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 many versions of jun, but the most popular version of jun is pa jun, 
which is a green scallion pancake. Um, you can also have Hamul Pajan, which is seafood with the onions. You can also have, I think it's Chamchijan, is a tuna pancake. I make that all the time. Like literally every two weeks I'm making some sort of savory pancake because it's such an easy dinner and it tastes great. <laughs> and you can mm. add as many vegetables as you want to the batter. It's awesome. So yeah, other fillings are kimchi, potato, beef, pork, shellfish, etc. You can put anything in this pancake batter. The key is that it's a savory pancake. It's not your traditional American pancake, which is a sweet thing. It's a savory thing and it's meant to be eaten for like dinner or lunch and usually served with makoli, which is like a creamy rice wine. It's really good. Pajan has way more in common with latkes, yes. potato pancakes, than with your IHOP variety pancakes. 100%. Yeah, that's a really great parallel. <laughs> it's like a Korean latke, basically. But you, Delish. you put meat and other things or just vegetables <laughs> inside of it, and it's very good. So Pajan in particularly is named after Dongyeseung, which is a former fortress in the Joseon dynasty and now a district in the city of Busan. So Dongne was a prominent battleground during the Imjin War, and legend says that the people of Dongne threw scallions while defeating the invading Japanese soldiers. Weird, but okay. <laughs> Dongne Pajun was made in honor of the victory. Fun facts. Fun facts. Okay, that was it. Aren't you hungry right now? I feel like I need to go make all these food right now. Yes, me too. Let's wrap this up with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Bugaboo by Bugaboo. I'm going to recommend Blah Blah featuring Bryn by Lurie and Bryn. Thank you so much for listening to this mini-sode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check out some of our videos on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast. This program is available pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now, make sure that you subscribe, you like, you follow, whatever, because we are here most of the time, every other Friday, sometimes with a bonus. And we will see you guys next week for the October K-pop roundup. Bye. Bye.